This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. Why haven't you read this book? That is the title of a new book of which I am the editor. I also contribute the introduction and the conclusion. This is a really, really fun book, and it was a thrill. It was a very exciting project to put together. It's a series of 10 different stories from 10 different authors, and all of them are about flipping the burden of proof. Instead of asking why to do something big and crazy and different and out of the norm, ask why not? If you remember, if any of you listened to the very first episode of this podcast, I say, I don't want to tell to answer the question, why start a podcast? I'd rather say, why not? It sounds fun. sounds interesting. I need some really good reasons not to do it. And I think flipping the burden of proof like that, when you have those big, exciting sort of goals, dreams, crazy ideas, everyone wants to know, why would you do that? And I think it's so much more fruitful to, to flip that burden and say, hey, I don't like my job. I want to quit. Hey, I want to go live uh, in a ski resort for a year. Uh, I want to drop out of school. Everyone says, why? Why would you do that? I say, why not? Give me some good reasons not to. It's, it's calling me. There's something in me that is drawn to this. It's excited by this. Why not? That's what this book project is. Uh, you can go to whyhaven'tyoureadthisbook.com. I know that's a lot. That's a long URL. Whyhaven'tyoureadthisbook.com. And of course, the uh, haven't is not contracted in the URL. But and you can find there. Uh, there will be the ebook is free. It will be free um, once we get it uh, completed. And you can also purchase paperback hardcover on Amazon from that link. But until um, everything is wrapped up, there is a Kickstarter campaign that you will also find at that link where you can pre-order copies of the book as a way for us to get the money to pay the editors and layout people to finish the design of the book. But I want to give you a taste and a preview of this book. Um, So I've got on this episode five clips from five of the authors where they are anywhere from five minutes to uh, one minute describing, I guess I should have done that the other way around, anywhere from one minute to five minutes. They're describing a little bit about the theme of their chapter and a little bit of the story behind it. And it's a wonderful teaser in their own words to kind of hear their story, what their chapter of this book is about. And hopefully it will whet your appetite. Um, this, This is probably the most fun book I've put together. This is my fourth book now, and I did the least writing in this one. Um, but I had the most fun and I really love the final product. I love the content. It's, it really speaks to sort of my life philosophy that I've come to, to adopt this, this very playful, open, engaging, exploratory life philosophy. And, uh, I think, I think you're really going to love the book and, and each section is so different. Some are written very personally, uh, very personal stories. Some are more how to's. Uh, and things for you, very, very like practical. How can you ask these questions and maybe do these things? Um, so really great variety of authors and styles. And uh, this project, again, has been a total blast. So why haven't you read this book.com? Go check it out. Support the Kickstarter campaign. When the book goes live, 
get a copy of the ebook for free, purchase a hardcover paperback. Everyone wants one as a gift. You can put it in people's stockings. Uh, so I will turn it over to my authors and I will let you get a little flavor of the book. Why haven't you flown first class? Hey, it's Tim Shermack, and I just wanted to ask you a simple question. Be honest. Uh, when you order plane tickets, if you go to Kayak or TripAdvisor or wherever you order your tickets from, right, do you honestly ever even consider buying a first-class ticket? I mean, does that thought, uh, that thought even even cross your mind like remotely as, as a remote possibility? Uh, for most people, the answer is no. I mean, subconsciously, they just immediately look for the lowest price. When they're searching for tickets, uh, they sort by only one criteria only. They sort by the lowest price. They could care less, you know, if they have to get on the flight at uh, midnight and, they, you know, they're flying till 3 a.m. and then they get to the hotel at 4.30 in the morning and they're totally shot the next day. They don't care because they just want to save $100 on airfare. So ask yourself, uh, why haven't you flown first class? Why not fly first class? And when I say that, I don't mean it as a figure of speech. I mean it as an honest question of first class sitting up at the front of the plane. Uh, last year, uh, when most of my friends were making a New Year's New Year's resolution of you know losing weight or you know quitting smoking or I want to you know stop drinking so much alcohol or I'm gonna start going to the gym or I'm gonna start lifting weights, you know whatever. Uh, I made kind of a different New Year's resolution. I told myself that I wanted to start flying first class. And the reason wasn't that I wanted to start living in luxury. You know, the reason was <laughs> I had been traveling too much. I'd been going to too many conferences, too many business trips. And I realized I was treating these business trips, these seminars, these conferences as a way to kind of put off doing the real work of my business. You know, I had so much fun taking notes at conferences, but I wasn't actually implementing all those ideas. So I told myself, you know, I'm going to fly first class on all flights. And again, I didn't mean that as as a resolution of I need to start living in more luxury. It's just that I, I I was fully aware that flying first class would cost me a lot more money. You know, a ticket normally might be three, four hundred bucks. First class, that same you know three hundred some dollar ticket is going to be over a thousand dollars. So I told myself, uh, if I'm willing to pay you know a thousand dollars for a first class ticket, it must be important enough to fly somewhere. So that was just kind of my litmus test, hoping I would fly less. But I learned something in the process. Once you get used to it, uh, my brain switched, and now I started thinking about, okay, how can I afford to do this every time? And that mental breakthrough really changed how I thought about my business, how I thought about personal finance. And I just really started uh, thinking about this idea of, you know, instead of in every area of my life cutting expenses, if I need to free up some money to do something and you think of I, I need to save money to do this or I need to save up a little bit every month or I need to cut expenses, I need to stop eating out as much, stop having my daily latte, you know, whatever. Uh, what if... Instead of focusing on expenses, which is you know just half of the accounting equation, would have looked at the other half of accounting and looked at making more money. So, rather than you know constantly trying to think of ways that we can deprive ourselves, what if we just thought of ways to creatively add more value to the world so we could get paid more? And that is a question that's been really really interesting to me, and it's really changed the way that I live my life. Why haven't you flown first class? Why haven't you thought of more ways to creatively add value to the world instead of trying to think of ways uh, to save money?
you know, I like to think of myself as a little bit of a, a renegade, but when I look back on the trajectory of my life, for the most part, that hasn't been the case. Growing up, I was a pretty rule-following kid. I got straight A's. I played team sports. I participated in extracurricular activities, went on to college, got a degree, got a job, started climbing the ladder, met a great guy, got married. You know, I did all the things that you were supposed to do. And my husband's story is really similar. But we got to this point in our lives where we looked around at our careers and where we were living and what we were doing with our lives. And and it wasn't bad, but we both had this overwhelming sense of, is this it? Is this... Is this the one chance we have? For us, we felt like it, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. So we decided to quit our jobs and travel the world. When we announced to our friends and colleagues and families that we were quitting our jobs, we of course got the whys. Why would you quit your good paying jobs? Why now? Why Asia, which is where we were starting? All the questions I think you would expect. But what was really interesting was the more frequent response was was one of regret. So many people in our lives, colleagues, friends, family, so many people expressed either the desire to do the same thing or regret at not not having taken the opportunity to do the same thing. And so when Isaac asked me to share my story in this book, I jumped at the chance because I felt like it was an opportunity to inspire people that were maybe sitting on the fence, like we were, honestly, for a while, or people that that thought, oh, my time has passed, to, to look at the opportunity again, to ask themselves, why not, as this book posits, and then to genuinely examine their answers to the why not. I also really wanted to tell our story, not just to inspire people, but to give people a dose of reality. For us, you know, traveling the world was an amazing experience, but it was difficult in ways we did not imagine, and we were challenged so much more than we thought going in. And so I thought it was really important for people to hear, sometimes when you pursue your dreams, it's not always what you thought it would be. You know, you surprise yourself, you surprise the people around you, and I thought it was really important to paint a realistic picture. I think one of the most valuable aspects of our trip and our time traveling was what we learned about ourselves, about our strengths, our weaknesses, about our ability to put up with hardship, about what we really wanted in life. When we set out, we thought, oh, maybe we'll never come back. We'll become famous travel bloggers and we'll travel forever. And we really didn't feel like the life we had before was the life for us. And as it turned out, and you know, it shocked the hell out of us, our old life was actually not so bad. There were a lot of things about it we really liked and didn't appreciate. So we ended up coming back earlier than we thought. We traveled for exactly 365 days. I accepted a job at my previous employer. I still work nine to five. And you know, it's not, it's not bad. There are times when we asked ourselves, you know, whether we made the right choice. You know, given the million alternatives we could have taken, we could have moved somewhere else, we could have traveled around the US, we could have opened our own business, you know, was this really the right way to spend our time and our hard-earned money? And, you know, I, I keep arriving at a different question, one that I pose in my chapter, which is what if? 
what if we had never pursued that dream to travel? And the answer is is not good. I think I think we would have wondered forever. I think we would have regretted forever, like so many people expressed to us, you know, not taking that chance, not pursuing that dream. We would, it would have always been sort of this, this albatross around our neck of, man, you know, we could have gone and done this, but we didn't, we really missed out. And so I think that's, that's been one of, one of the most valuable things is just being able to say, I know what that's like. I went out there and I did it. And parts of it were good and parts of it were bad and parts of it were boring. But I know I did, I experienced. And that is so, so valuable. So I encourage you as you read through this book to ask yourself an additional question. You know, what if as you read the stories and hear the advice that the people in this book have to share, think to yourself, what is my dream and what if I pursued it? What if I didn't? What would that life be like? This is TK Coleman and my chapter of the book is called, Why Haven't You Auditioned for American Idol? In that chapter, I tell the story about a time in my life when a close friend of mine who knew of my passion for music called me up and challenged me to audition for the show. Unfortunately, the timing was bad. I was in the middle of grad school. I was very comfortable. I was in a good place, enjoying my life. And to be quite honest, I had managed to dismiss many of my artistic pursuits as unrealistic. And I, I, I moved on and decided to live a good, responsible adult life. My friend was persistent and persuasive. And in this chapter, I talk about the inner journey I had to go through in order to call up all of those old artistic passions, face the fears I had about giving them a shot, and the crazy and wild things I did in order to prepare myself for the audition once I defeated my demons and decided this is what I was going to do. Ultimately, I talk about the lesson I learned about life, success, and myself as a result of accepting my friend's challenge. So it's a great story with lots of valuable lessons about courage, fear, following your dreams, and why I think the most important thing to be gained from following your dreams isn't success. Why haven't you started a business? The freedom and upside of owning a business, along with the unique social status our culture gives entrepreneurs who have started a business, leaves many, perhaps most, employed Americans asking themselves, why haven't they started a business? In this chapter, we'll explore whether the common feeling that you should start a business is truly a burning desire from within yourself, or if it is the external feeling that to be a success requires you to start a business. The remainder of the chapter assumes that you do have an internal desire to start a business, and we'll explore four common reasons people with this desire choose not to start a business. We will address each of these reasons by discussing what is true about the reason, as in why that reason should deter you from starting a business. We'll then discuss why that same reason may not be a good cause to not start a business. And then lastly, based on various personality types, we'll decide if that reason not to start a business should deter you or not. So let's answer that question once and for all. Why haven't you started a business? If you're an ambitious young person in the United States today, 
the expectation is that you're going to go to college. The expectation is that if you want to actually get things done, if you're somebody who wants to achieve something for themselves and is relatively intelligent, the best thing you can do for yourself is to go to college. Now, depending on your relative intelligence to everybody else and your relative ability to uh, succeed compared to your peers, you might be expected to go to Stanford instead of your local state university, or you might be expected to go to your local state university rather than your community college. But the expectation is that you're going to go to college. The question you're going to get is, where have you looked at for going to college yet? Where have you visited? Where are you sending in applications for? What are your SAT scores? What do you want to major in? Why haven't you gone to college yet? I want to turn this expectation on its head, and I want to make the case that if you're an ambitious young person in the United States today, if you're an ambitious young person anywhere in the world today, the best thing you can do for yourself is to go out there and get your hands dirty in the marketplace. Not only in the marketplace of goods and services, but in the marketplace of ideas. I want to ask the question, why haven't you dropped out of school? Tech billionaire Peter Thiel uh, says in his book, Zero to One, that all Rhodes Scholars had a bright future in their past. He's trying to make the point in this that ambitious schooling is kind of like this nightclub that we go to where we see ourselves with a bright future, but we never actually build it. We never really have a thing that we actually strive towards while we're there. We just strive towards the next level, and we go through like some consumption goods while we're in it. And I think he's absolutely spot on. As somebody who experienced an Ivy League education from uh, a relatively rural, middle-class background, I think that Thiel's uh, analysis of elite higher education is spot on, and I think that it probably applies to most education. And I want to make the case that rather than being asked, why haven't you gone to school? Why haven't you gone to college? I want to make the case that the question that should be asked is, why haven't you dropped out of school? Why haven't you dropped out of college? That's where my story begins, asking myself that question. And I'm incredibly glad that I did. My life has been the better for it. Okay, so you just heard from Tim Shermack, whose chapter is Why Haven't You Flown First Class? Courtney Dare, whose chapter is Why Haven't You Traveled the World? Uh, who came up next? TK Coleman, whose chapter is Why Haven't You Auditioned for American Idol? Levi Morehouse, whose chapter is Why Haven't You Started a Business? And Zach Slayback, whose chapter is Why Haven't You Dropped Out of School? The other authors on this project, uh, who you did not get a teaser from, also include Ben and Nicole Angelo, Why Haven't You Moved to a New City? Jeffrey Tucker, who's been on this podcast before, Why Haven't You Written a Book? Peter Niger, Why Haven't You Quit Your Job? Um, Anthony Davies, Why Haven't You Had a Bunch of Kids? And Bob Ewing, Why Haven't You Climbed a Mountain? And as I said, I do the intro and conclusion of the book. Super, super fun project. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Go to whyhaven'tyoureadthisbook.com. Be a part of the Kickstarter campaign. Help us get this thing off the ground. What you're getting is a, a good deal on basically pre-ordering a paperback um, and or a hardcover or both. Uh, and those are a, a slight discount over what they'll be when they go live. Uh, you can also pledge $350 or more and get a hardcover book signed by all the authors. That's all 10, and that's um, we're all over the country, so we're going we're gonna to have to ship it around and have everybody sign it. And finally, if you pledge $1,000 or more, you not only get the books, but you get one of the authors to come and speak about the theme of the book at your event. Uh, so I know Jeff Tucker, Aunt Davies, 
Bob Ewing, TK Coleman, Zach Slayback, myself. We all do a lot of speaking gigs. Um, and this is a way to get us to come and speak about a theme in the book or something else, frankly, uh, if you want us to talk about. Um, so all of those are on the Kickstarter campaign. If you're listening to this podcast um, sometime much later than when it first aired, the Kickstarter campaign is likely concluded, but you can still go to whyhaven'tyoureadthisbook.com. You can get the ebook for free or you can get a link to Amazon for paperback or hardcover. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoy the book. 